Hey everyone, and thank you all for watching and welcome back to Crossing Darkness. This is episode two, or sorry, season two, episode eight. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout, and my co-host today is Motorori. Motorori? Really? <laughs> hey, well, you know. Hi, everybody. <laughs> he's he's Motorori. Sorry about that. <laughs> we are broadcasting over Twitch on Sunday, 7 p.m. to 7:30 p.m. Central Time. We're a little little late today, but uh, and are open to chatting with uh, fans during the show or um, at the end. Um, today we are going to be taking a deeper look into the magic system um, used in Mage: The Ascension and kind of just. Uh, going to go over not just the magic system itself, but talking about um, ideas of, you know, what would John Wick have or Spider-Man or Doctor Strange have for um, different spheres that they might have. Um, we're also going to take a look at the book called How Do You Do That, which kind of gives us um, a really good explanation of what spheres would be required for which different actions uh, or different uh you know magics that you would like to do which can kind of cover some of the stuff of what uh john wick and spider-man and doctor strange would need in order to pull off their powers so we'll probably be digging into that a little bit when we're uh looking at these different people so um so first thing we're going to kind of get into is the uh magic system uh, or the different spheres in the magic system and um mike you want to just uh give us a base um what are the di uh, 10 different spheres quote unquote 10 uh well before we do that let's let's uh discuss how mages actually affect their world um i think we should probably talk first about avatar okay um, yep and that's mages have an avatar that's the difference between them and humans it's it's not knowledge that gives you these powers it's it's a supernatural force that is attached to your entity, your soul, uh, your person somehow. Mm -hmm. uh, and at some point it gives you the ability to reweave reality. Uh, and your abilities to reweave reality are then uh, limited by your understanding of these different spheres. Right, right yep. Um, and, and then each different tradition has their their main sphere, uh, but uh, that's a different thing. But anyway, uh, so correspondence, the element of connection between apparently different things. Uh, my experience with correspondence is mostly, it's all about distance. First of all, correspondence uh, dic is what dictates how far away you can affect things. So... Yeah. One dot in correspondence is uh, actually. Why don't, why don't you talk about that for a little bit? Because because I think you probably have different views on it, and I can argue with you. Um, well, I mean the the main uh, thing about correspondence, like you said, is is the distances, like the the ability for objects to communicate with each other. By uh, you know, reason why it's called correspondence is because apparently everything's communicating with each other. It's there is no such thing as space, like. They're at the like fifth level they talk about the concept that everything is really just at the same point 
in the universe but in yeah. order for anything to try truthfully communicate with each other it need there needs to be space between these objects and then all of that is um it's an interesting one because um you correspondence is what it's called by the traditions but it's actually called data by the technocrats because they don't they don't subscribe to the whole um everything is communicating with each other in you know like big objects don't communicate with each other the same way small objects do so they can do some stuff on the smaller world with correspondence like things so it's it's all about atoms and so when when you guys go through this the techno gate in my game you're really using data get, to get from one point to another not correspondence um and really you're moving your molecules you know using this and using a um what is that the uh like string theory and quantum physics in order to get you over there but you're but the big world you know is still governed by um you know there still is a somewhat of a separation of the two they might have i, I guess they would have like what string theory or something the equivalent to um in order to bring the two worlds together but it's all about data and i never really dumped jumped really deep into the technocratic explanation yeah i think the the data thing is just that instead of thinking of everything as um uh matter you think of it as information that the the universe is like holding on to and so you can thinking about it as information you can say like well information can exist anywhere you just have to transfer it and it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical thing while you're transferring it right um, yep the the tradition thing was uh I, I think normally with correspondence it's it like you said it at the fifth sphere it's like every place is all places at the same point at once uh so and, it, and it's supposed to as your understanding in that sphere is gained uh you get more and more towards that uh and and like the the first the first iterations of that is like i am going to stab somebody across the room but i don't have to walk over there I just have to understand that my knife is just a thing that exists. And so I can stab somebody 15 feet away. And it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have to because it's a game and it's all imaginary. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so... Let's, yeah, so moving on. Um, so yeah, let's move on to entropy. Uh, the principle of chance, fate, and mortality. Uh, I believe decay is also in there. Yes. Um, uh, I'll, I'll tell you my understanding of entropy. Entropy is all about um, probability and the concentration of energy versus the dissipation of energy. Because uh, I come from uh, the where I learned the word entropy is chemistry, where it's all about um, the, the total organization of a system. Right. So a lot of times when I'm using entropy in a game, I'm thinking of entropy in terms of probability. Like, uh, and chance. Like if I could use entropy to make some, something random happen, kind of like, uh, in the last Technogate game, 
uh, I think I used entropy to uh, explain that movie Final Destination. Yeah. Like a yeah. high level entropy mage could make Final Destination shit happen. They'd probably need a four in the time sphere, but we can talk about that later. Yep. Uh, what, what's your understanding of the entropy sphere? Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, basically what you said. Um, the um, the only thing else that I understand is that it has, like, a deep connection with corruption, and, and it's like Jor. Um, I forgot to look that up. Um, I was going to do that. But uh, entropy has, like, a, a direct connection with becoming a corrupted Nefandius mage um, in in its own right. There's other things that can c connect you to all of that, but Entropy has a strong connection to um, to, to corruption and to being corrupted by using it. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's because in the game it has a... Uh, a uh, it's closely correlated with um, death and decay. And in the game, death and decay is associated with the worm, which in the game is currently not um, healthy because it's being imprisoned by the weaver. Um, which I'm not sure if we've actually talked about that on this season of the podcast. Um, my theories about that. Um, we should do a whole episode yeah, so, just that yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah so fate as well so like um, if you wanted to gias someone let's say I think entropy would be a, a sphere that you would use for that um, what, are, what are you looking up right now um, so I am looking up uh, let me get the segment here let's see that it was did you did you say it was Joer? Like J H O R. Johar. Jor. 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 So it says 88 is the first time that it's uh, brought up. Dying and crossing over. Um, so it has stuff to do beyond the risks uh, proposed by special. There are spectacular creatures of this realm. The Shadowland Travelers also pick up a bit of Jor, or Jahor, or Jor, um, the Death Resonance. Uh, especially death become, essentially death becomes a part of the person who enters this realm. Although the resonance fades a bit with time, I'm told it never completely goes away. Um, so that's the first mention of it. The next big mention of it is so in this i've never really played a lot with and i kind of have ignored this throughout my gaming career because nobody's kind of gone deep into death magic at all in any of my games in fact actually a lot of this podcast i want to kind of go over some of the stuff that my players have never talked about in my ga uh, games um, which i forgot to make a note about but one of them being the the ability to have multiple active spells on you but we'll get into that later um yeah and and actually so uh this is about the resonance which um i don't think you i've never seen it used in games to a significant degree i think you could quite effectively um 
but uh, it's never been used in our game. So this Jorah would be a resonance of death. Uh, kind of like an aura. Yep, and it um, it's corrupting to a certain degree. Um, yeah. There's... Probably opens you up to uh, whispers from the abyss. That could be... <laughs> Um, anyways, I'm not gonna. Right. I guess we don't need to get deep in into it. Yeah, let's let's move on to forces. Uh, the understanding of elemental energies. So, forces is anything that involves the the movement of energy from one place to another. Uh, gravity is a force. Fire is a force. Uh, if you want to make bullets go faster, you probably want forces. Uh, if you want to make them go slower, you want forces. Um, one thing that I like about forces, that's one of those spheres that you can deal direct energy with in a mage game. And it does... Um, I think it's like double damage? Yep, it's two... Uh, for every success, you get two points of damage instead of one with forces. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily make it uh, aggravated. Uh, how do you do that kind of goes into some of that kind of aggravation. Um, there's... There is pure, like creating pure fire, like true fire, um, would damage a uh, a vampire in an aggravated way. But they they talk about it in an interesting way um, that we might get into later on when we get into how do you do that. But forces is is an interesting one because it can get all the way up to aggravated damage all the way by itself. But um, it's not as simple as a lot of people make it out to be to, yeah. to create true aggravated damage usually requires prime yeah i was gonna say that uh the, the limited reading i did of the how do you do this basically said if you want to make ag uh damage aggravated you're gonna need the prime sphere um because your aggravated damage is you are messing with the inherent nature of reality and you need if you're gonna do that you're gonna need prime like well, all like... the other spheres just reweave things prime is when you're creating or destroying something entirely yeah and uh well yeah. just to let you know too your your camera's frozen um on my uh, thing for some reason i don't know if it's frozen on your end too but or if, if frozen? frozen uh let me try turning off my video and turning it down There you go. Now I can see you. Work. Yep, you are unfrozen now. It wasn't too bad. You had a good. You were in a good picture. Actually, it wasn't too bad of a picture for being frozen. But I thought. Oh. Yeah, it's. I moved everything around and replugged everything in like an hour ago. So. Um, <laughs> I'm. I'm in different ports. <laughs> Ooh. Um, all right. Uh, so anyway, let's move on to life. Speaking of different ports, let's talk about life. Oh. Um, so yeah, we got uh, Life is the Mysteries of Life and Death. Um, so and I have, and I grabbed that from the um, the wiki, and I kind of have some qualms with the, the, I guess the mysteries of death kind of go along with life, um, but they don't have control over death. Um, dead objects are usually matter or entropy's sphere of... of uh... Uh, yeah, but, but with life... You could theoretically uh, bring something that isn't living to life. 
Yes. Yeah, um, and and you can you can also kill things with life. You you know how to do. You can actually do yeah. damage with life. Um, yeah, and so so anytime you're trying to reweave the pattern of something that is living, you basically need life. Yep. Uh, it's. And then although that can get a a little complicated. Yeah, there's um, there's some complications there, um, but it's a pretty straightforward one. Um, you know, it's it's one it's easily your mind like forces. It's something your mind can easily grasp and and how each level. Um, and I guess we should probably talk about. Well, we'll talk about I guess the levels at the end here since we didn't do it at the beginning. Um, and uh, so just kind of moving on. Um, next one, which is kind of also extremely easy to wrap your mind around. Um, actually, the next two are really easy. Um, matter is the principle behind supposedly inanimate objects. Um, so <laughs> I like how they put in the supposedly inanimate <laughs> with quotation marks around uh, inanimate well, I think, objects. I think that that might be a, um, a point towards inanimate objects can have spirit. Yes. Oh, that uh, is... Well, and um, also like vampires, uh, like the, a true vampire oh. in Vampire the Masquerade is a combination of life, matter, and um, prime, I believe. Um, I or at, the, at the very least, you need like life and matter to affect them. You can't use just matter or just life. Um, yeah. But they are affected by matter uh, in certain ways. There's like, you know, it's all it's all complicated and based on your paradigm a lot when it comes to that kind of interaction with with vampires but in any yeah. case um so, matter is a pretty easy one though in you know it's the turning lead to gold um type yeah stuff. The, your basic alchemies uh also anytime you're you're changing the form of matter unless it's only life-based um because i feel like you're you're doing something to a tree you don't necessarily need matter um but uh if you're doing something to a rock you only need matter as long as you're only turning it into some sort of other matter right or yep. changing its form um trying to think of yeah it's hard to come up with examples on the fly here um so let's move on to mind, I suppose. The potentials of consciousness. Uh, yes. Um, so, yeah, the potentials of consciousness is also another really easy one to kind of wrap your mind around. Mind is mind. <laughs> you, don't, you don't quite grasp consciousness at this point. Um, it's going to be a rough ride for, for you. Yeah. <laughs> mind is actually a lot easier to talk about in terms of the effects. Um so, like, if you want to speed up your thought processes, you need mind. If you want to uh, talk to somebody over, but like, every single one of my mage, uh, the mage games I have played in, have eventually developed something called the mind link. Mm -hmm. So that all metagaming is now just, we are talking to each other inside our minds. Uh, if you want to cause somebody to do something, that's mind. Uh, if you want to read somebody's mind, that's mind. If you want to send a message over, over a long distance, 
That's mine in correspondence. Oh, wait, actually, that's something we could argue about because uh, my mage GM, uh, Charles, basically said that at a certain level of mind, you no longer have to worry about correspondence. You no longer have to worry about distance. Actually, let's um, talk about it now. What do you think about that? I would, I, I mean, I guess I would have to read real quick on mind, but I would believe that mind um, is kind of linked to needing correspondence. But the thing is, is that uh, there are rules about like um, correspondence isn't needed to take, make a lightning bolt shoot from one point to another. So if all minds are all linked in one giant mind, you know, kind of thing where there is no real one consciousness is just one big thing instead of, so I, I could see how you could, you could interpret it at a, at a higher level that, you know, there is no such thing as individual consciousnesses and that's how yeah, you could get around with it. Um, all, all consciousnesses are the universe thinking. And so that that's the fundamental idea of us being able to talk to each other inside our minds. Um, Which also see, that's actually into those... that the consciousness is what dictates, re that there's a consciousness that dictates reality, the, uh, the general consensus. Um, that yeah. dictates a lot of the rules um, of reality, which we can kind of get into a little bit later. But to just to touch real base on that is that um, I I always argue that there are certain things that are fundamental to the basis of the universe that regardless of human belief, because one of the big thing too is that before there was consciousness, there was stuff here supposedly. I mean, well, I guess you could you know as a mage could argue that technocrat could easily argue this, but. Uh, a mage might have, um, might, might be hung up on some of the concepts of the universe didn't exist until consciousness exists. But I think that a lot of mages would probably still agree that before humans existed, before the belief structure of humans existed, gravity was there. You know, <laughs> like um, yeah. See, I've I've been struggling with this, uh, and I think I have a way to, uh, you know, finally explain this. So, in in my conception. Uh, that goes against your idea. It's the the umbral realms of uh, you know Mars, Venus, uh, Pluto, etc. The umbral realms existed first, and then the technocrats started telling people, "Okay, those places exist, but they are spherical rocks out there." No, because before the technocrats, they found spherical rocks out there. Well, yeah, but that was somebody's paradigm that they were creating when they did that. So my my, my argument against that is that there's no way that this, the realms existed first because there was no there was no Umbra or Earth first. There was there was one realm that got divided into two, or at least that's what every everything that I've ever read is that the Umbra and Earth were once one or you know umbra there was no umbra until there was an umbra like uh, that's right okay so that would be my counter to you my second counter to okay. that would would still be on the the kind of level of it's it's one of those things that 
you didn't need the t you know thousands of years before the technocracy got involved in any of this shit we knew that the moon <laughs> was was a spherical object that hung out around us we knew that there you know this whole talk about how like we didn't believe the earth was flat back in the day the earth there was there was maybe a time period where there was a lot of people who might have believed that but for the most part our um historically our philosophers had figured this out back in aristotle's day you know he looked at the the boats he saw well, them coming over the horizon he was like yeah I, that's I get that i get that but that my my argument in that realm is that that was the technocracy creating that reality which is now a part of what we would call the material plane. Well, but before so you're that, it was about, all just like spiritual. But you're you talking about saying but that you'd have to rewrite all of history. And the problem with that is that there's a bunch of mages that are still around from that time period. Like, so you, you have like Porthos and stuff, which would be, which yeah, I guess as a GM, you could run that with that and say that back in the day, the earth was flat. And then the technocrats changed the the paradigm and it became circular but my thing is the technocrats didn't come out until like the 14th century or something like that like way beyond when we had figured out all anything regard like technocrats didn't exist at all until uh, and they weren't even the technocrats then you know they weren't pushing for let's make the okay. world round I'll, they were making I'll, I'll admit my my idea is half-baked we'll, <laughs> we'll revisit it one day anyways yeah we all should right, continue let's... on yeah, because we're already <laughs> we're already, we're already overtime. over time. Prime, an understanding of the primal energy of all things. I think I talked about this earlier. Anytime you're trying to fundamentally destroy or fundamentally create something, that's when you use prime. Uh, and anytime you want to uh, transfer the primal energy of the universe from one place to another, you need prime. So. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on Prime? Yeah, Prime is, is the primal energy. It's the, the the magical energy that that powers everything. My I guess one big thing with me with Prime is the... Um, I believe in the concept that there's a lot of Prime in certain things like oil and stuff, um, which is why oil oh, yeah. gets to create gas, which gets to create all... like So the oil fields are really just giant Prime fields that the oil is TAS, um, and gas is refined with, with advanced science, uh, which eventually became regular science. Um, to create gas and and then you know is a fuel source that can be used by anybody which is why if i gave you a barrel of oil there wouldn't be very much you could do with it without quote unquote advanced science that is beyond you to piss you know you if i gave you a boil uh barrel of oil could you create gas out of it you know without could any I other personally? humans yeah like if you and me personally all humans died off and and most of the structures were you know that did all of this refining could you go out and make gas out of it uh it would take a while <laughs> you might be able to is what you're saying I you're not sure to. i'm not sure how <laughs> useful that would be if it was just me left people just go around eating all the fucking apples that just <laughs> But in any case, but right. that's that's kind of my point is that there's a there's a special process to create some of this stuff, and uh, 
techno science, uh, especially when you go back in the day when it was, you know, gas was magic basically back in the day. So, yeah, but but along those same lines, uh, you're talking about tasks. Um, you know, uh, in in Werewolf, they have a physical representation of Gnosis, which is tasks that that they can sometimes trade. Um, I think werewolves can actually like transfer Gnosis to spirits and stuff. So like they have an inherent understanding of prime at like a level of two or three. Uh, obviously they can't do what a mage's avatar does. Um, uh, and then Tass has resonance as well. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so you're in your example, crude oil probably has a massive entropic resonance to it uh, and refining it doesn't necessarily even get rid of it it just concentrates the energy to a more usable form mm -hmm. um and and the the stuff that werewolves use uh would have a more um i don't even know what the other resonances are uh, a wild resonance um, um there's stasis uh, entropic and um uh dynamic uh, yeah it would be dynamic the the wild yeah um because that represents the three, the wild, the weave, and the worm. Yeah. But it's it's all energy. It's about it's about primal energy rather than force energy. Uh it's it's about potential. Right. Yeah, so it's not about electricity. That's <laughs> Yeah. That's forces. That's forces. But right. prime can create electricity, which is why blah blah blah. Anyway, so going on. Spirit. Dimensional science. Dimensional science, comprehension of otherworldly forces and inhabitants. Um, I do, I do find it interesting that the wiki does have kind of a more technocratic slant. Uh, primal energy is not really talked about in the traditions. That's much more of a technocratic thing. Anyways, um, yeah. but this is an easy, uh, also an easy one, but also a very extremely hard one for somebody that doesn't know much about the world of darkness to understand. Spirit is actually not ghosts. Um, ghosts are underneath, uh, they, they kind of can, uh, spirits are a combination of entropy, uh, or, um, ghosts are a combination of, like, entropy and spirit more, um, and there's a underworld and this whole other thing, but in any case, uh, basically spirit deals with anything that's in the umbra or otherworldly things, uh, this technocracy calls them other dimensions, uh, we st still haven't come up with the whether or we haven't still haven't solidified whether or not the technocracy calls it the umbra or not i'd say no just because i don't i don't think they share very many they don't like sharing very many terms with the uh an umbra sounds like a very yeah, magical I, thing um yeah i haven't even uh thought about that i'm sure they do call it something different i just haven't thought about it the other dimension um, is what i've been using to the, for the most part in our technocracy game that it's this it's, yeah, all it's other other about, dimensions yeah it's just other, the other dimensions that string theory talked about actually the, so this would actually be a question for you um the the awakening because because in tradition mage uh stuff uh the spirit sphere is is a lot about speaking with spirits and uh uh, like interacting with them, but dimensional science, because we because technocrats think of them as 
aliens it's a different dimension it's like the upside down or some shit like that mm-hmm. um so like if if a technocrat wanted to imbue something with uh, a spirit like make a uh hypertech device that is imbued with a spirit could they even do that i'm not even sure i'm sure that's in the book somewhere um making fetishes for a um technocrat would be more difficult um but they're you know ghost in the machine would be the yeah i mean not the the movie but the concept of of a ghost inside of the machine is still kind of uh accepted uh, the concept of ghosts and stuff is something that the technocracy has to accept. Um, that there there is a uh, a dead world with wraith that do stuff. Um, you know, so they <clears throat> they might interpret it differently. They might say that that's not necessarily you know when you die that's not you that's the wraith. You know, it's just a uh, you know a conscious copy that you know has been degraded and damaged and brought over to another from another dimension you know it's another dimensional aspect of you after you die Uh, but they they have to admit that there's there's still the concepts of ghosts and stuff like that so putting stuff into machines and ghosts inside of machines like uh, wraith and spirits have a you know uh, weaver spirits primarily and uh, wraith have a lot of access to the digital web and do stuff inside of this um uh technological world out there so there's a lot of stuff about having ghosts inside the machine so i would say absolutely technocrats have the ability to make fetishes but in a weird way it's much more about encasing and entrapping um which i guess a lot of mages do too not all of them are petting ghosts on the head and saying please jump into this object yeah i I think the disconnect is just uh like when we generally think of spirits we, uh, we generally go towards nature but in the world of darkness, uh, they, they went out of their way to basically say, like, no, all this technological shit has spirits associated with it, too. Uh, and so, like, a technocrat could theoretically, you know, go into the other dimension and be like, hey, spirit of computer, you want to jump in this thing and help power it? Right. Like, that would be totally reasonable for a technocrat to do. Um, yeah, they might not say that I'm talking to a spirit. They might even, you know, and that's one of the things that's interesting about paradigm is that it can, it can, it can, uh, color things differently for your vision. So I'm not talking to a spirit. I'm talking to an AI, even though it's a spirit. You know, it, it, if you get into the raw mechanics of it, it's a spirit. But um, every once in a while, you can easily say, "Hey, this is, this is just an AI that I'm." that I believe I'm talking with and working with or that I've even created by entrapping (laughs) this other dimensional thing that I found. I'm calling it AI now. All right. We've talked about dimensional science. We've talked about dimensional science enough. Let's move on to time, the strange workings of chronological forces and perceptions. Now I'm in, I'm actually interested to hear what what your general considerations of the time sphere are, because I don't think it's come up a lot in our game and most of the games I've played, honestly. So time is a tricky one. 
Try, time is a tricky one, but there's certain things you can, uh, as a GM, that you can do in order to, to mess with uh, time, uh, sphere use. So there's a lot of people who use, um, who, who want to use time to be like, okay, I'm just going to look into the future and see what happens. Um, and, or I just want to look that. into the past and see what happens. And that can, that there's... Easier. And any of those two things are both easily kind of dealt with in the sense that um, depending on how they're doing it, how they're interpreting it, how specific they're trying to get, um, you can you and you can also just say that certain periods of time or, or certain areas are are hard to see time. Um, but it's it's the tricky one because it's the easy one to to, to try and skip plot points. Um, so one of the things that I've done in my game is if they tried using time to look into the future to see what happens is the closer they get to uh, 1999, the more blurry time becomes and the more that time is getting messed up because there's a thing that's happening. Um, yeah, the, the classic time magic can't see beyond this point. Uh-oh. Yeah, and that's... And, and that's Sorry, that, that, that was a main plot point of uh, my, my last big mage game that I played in. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's a big kind of plot point in the current game manager that you're in. <laughs> it's a it's a plot point yeah. for a lot of things that anything that is able to see into time, um, which is interesting because uh, real side note, quick here is this, Star Trek has a thing now where they say that after the in the 30th century or 32nd century, whatever century that they're in now in Discovery, that there's no time travel anymore and that they got it, it's all been gotten rid of. So I wonder if there is a point in time where everybody was looking at uh, in Star Trek, they were looking ahead and they were like, oh shit, like we don't we can't do anything beyond we can't time wait, wait. travel and do stuff to this wait is that based on the new discovery episodes yep okay I, I haven't watched those yet how many are out so far like three and it's not a huge spoiler at all yeah. or anything it just is it's just a, a thing they mention it doesn't change really much or anything it just is that time travel got banned at, at a certain point um yeah whatever i i have my own problems with discovery <laughs> i like it but it's problematic in certain ways actually in the more fundamental way that it is not congruent with Roddenberry's like basic ideals. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so so that's all nine spheres. Uh, should we move on to uh, I think we should uh, can... I think real that? quick I was just going to say we should just touch real quick on the 10th sphere, which is just that everybody argues that there might be a 10th sphere and nobody knows what the hell it is. And there's a bunch of books about, you know, or a bunch of things about it. And then there's a final book that'll tell you what the tenth sphere is um, for different endings of the world. But yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, end of the game is, uh, final thing that. It, is there like an actual like in-game thing about the tenth sphere? Oh yeah, there's a tenth. I, I know you mentioned it a lot, but. Uh... Yeah. So there. Uh, so one of the things is is that there's a council table in uh, Horizon, um, the um, Con Concordia, I want to say, or something like that is the name of the planet. Uh, but there's like this uh, Horizon Realm planet that exists out there. There's a called, um, I believe it's Concordia, but it's basically the, the seat of power for the tradition mages. And what they have is a table there that... Um, 
I don't know where or how it came about, but there's 10 seats that are there, one representing each one of the spheres, and the 10th seat, um, did the 10th seat appear at the beginning of the apocalypse? The, it, at some point, I, I like, believe... I feel I like that did happen in one of your games, where it was like a 10th seat just kind of was there at some point. Right, and I can't I can't remember the whole thing on it, but um, basically, either a long time ago or just recently, a tenth tenth sphere or a tenth seat appeared there. Um, and there's always been a lot of speculation inside of the traditions about the concept of a tenth sphere, the the unifying sphere, the sphere. You know, it's the string theory of uh, mage, basically. Yeah. I think my uh, my inability to get my head around it is what would be the use of having dots in that sphere? Like, what capabilities would it give you? Possibly all is of them, any... nothing, um, something very special. Uh, but yeah, it, what what doesn't all nine of the spheres govern? Um, that's it's it's kind of like saying let's take prime out of this. And then we can argue, you know, what would there be left in order to create all of these things? And all of a sudden you add in Prime and you can do a whole bunch more all of a sudden here. But without Prime, all of the other stuff makes sense. And and Prime really is this, you know, the magical energies of the, you know, like stuff that, does, that doesn't exist at all. So there could be a tenth thing that governs something else that is you know fake basically they're you know made up in the game in order to create so one of the for example i guess the 10th sphere in um one of the endings is judgment and so it's not like a sphere that you get powers inside of as much as like it was the the concept of you know understanding all of the universe and everything that was going on in in, in the game um, the true understanding of the universe and how it was all about judgment and judging everybody for all of their actions and all the things that they've done and, and yeah, i didn't even deep just, into it so anyways I, we don't need really to get hard for me to get really hard for me to get my head around the idea of a tenth sphere like like unifying like uh, actually just the idea comes into my mind the idea that maybe it's because uh, because we're about to talk about how um, uh, some of these fictional characters you can come up with ways to explain their powers with spheres uh, what if there's a, a kind of base difficulty in combining more than one sphere and maybe the tenth sphere is just some sort of limiting factor as to like how many spheres you can combine in one but there isn't once. anything mechanically about no, there, that like there's, yeah, there's, you can, there's you... nothing preventing you from saying i do a spell and it's all nine of them yes and yeah, and, and no in fact, actually, that's increased a lot. difficulty. Uh, yeah, mechanically, they don't argue about that. The only thing, and, and in fact, Mage Twenty makes it way easier because prior mages are the ones that could 
make a problem here. Prior mages um, where they, they were like, you had to assign a specific tool or specific foci to a sphere. And so you would have to use all of your different tools in order to accomplish this. Um, in Mage 20th, they say tools are just tools, you know, whatever, you know, you don't have to assign it to a specific sphere or anything. You can just use tools as long as it's within your paradigm or foci that were within your paradigm. All right. Well, along those same lines, let's let's talk about uh, do you want to do simulating vampires or should we just go to movie characters? Um, let's jump into movie characters. You said you wanted to do John Wick because I want to, and I want to hear right. that. So, okay. So, the the way I am going to do this is I'm going to go through the list of spheres and think about how. Uh, so so, uh, the basic idea is. Uh, John Wick is actually uh, an enlightened being he has a ret uh, he has access to spheres uh, and he uses those spheres uh, during the movies to do things now I will admit it's been a while since I've seen any of them uh, so I just uh, watched uh, the third one recently yeah it's I mean the John Wick movies well let's not go into any uh, critique of them. Uh, let's just go into the character of John Wick. Uh, correspondence. His ability to hit things could be affected by correspondence, correct? Um, like his accuracy. His accuracy, um, you could have improved with... I would say that he would have probably... I could see easily having like a level one in correspondence. He's... Uh, yeah, he, I, he also has that. access to some technology that gets him to level three, um, but it's also technology that almost anybody has access to. But I think that he has some ex access and understanding of devices and stuff like that that would give him access to understanding and viewing things and like schematics and blueprints and stuff. Um, you know, you have to think. Okay, yeah, kind of a. Um... A situational awareness. Right. Yeah, like maybe something correspondence and mind he's able to know all of his targets are. Right. That would be a sick spell. And that would only be uh, level one in both correspondence and mind. I think. Um, kind of a, a well, constant just, effect that's on. Well, I mean, the to get the thing about correspondence is one really is only still within your perception. Uh, two is when you can start going extra per perceptional from my understanding. Uh, I think, but, but with one in mind, a constant always on effect, uh, that, that could be, it's, it's just like he has a constant knowledge of all entities who intend him harm. Um, I mean, to a certain, to a certain degree, you would have to have like probably a trophy and added in, added in there then in order for the chance based stuff. Um, yeah, I can see that. 
but yeah, I could I, I could definitely see I would almost see him having like correspondence and trophy life, uh, maybe even a little bit of matter mind um, at like level one forces well, level one. Let's 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 go through it, and as we do, we'll kind of like come up with uh, like effects that he would have going. And I, I would I would suggest the first effect uh, that I would suggest is a correspondence entropy mind, where he's got like this kind of constant knowledge of where all of his uh, opponents are. You mean in a in and, a fight scene? And, and I would yes. Not like a tracking hunter kind of thing you're talking about. Like, uh, yeah. No, no, because I, yeah, because I think his correspondence would only be like two, which is kind of like a little bit out of your perception. Right. Yeah. So he might see things before you know, like um, he might not be able to be shot by a sniper bullet from you know really far away. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that's and I actually that, was it, reading it's on like, a on the form. It's like recently. plot armor. Right. It's like plot armor and. Um, I was reading on the forum recently on um, White Wolf's, uh, or not the forum, but the White Wolf's Reddit, and, or the Reddit page for White Wolf, um, or maybe Onyx Path, or one of the ones. Um, but it was talking about, you know, like, uh, what, you know, uh, it was a meme, basically, of when uh, players run into mages, and they're like, what the hell, like, what, did these things have any weaknesses? And the, the old wizard, like, goes, you know, takes a puff off his pipe, and is like, just one, and he's like, nine caliber, or, you know, nine, or nine gauge, or whatever, you know, like, whatever, <laughs> and pulls out, like, a shotgun and shoots him, and it's like, you know, people are like, yeah, the, the, really, the way to kill a mage is just to, sh you know, snipe him from afar, and I'm like, yeah, but no. I mean, a lot of mages, yes. Give me, let me say absolutely. But you don't have to be very powerful to to have a spell. Like you can be an immediately, you know, I, probably with spheres of level two, like you're saying, you can avoid getting shot in the head by a sniper bullet. Yeah, although that would uh, require an ongoing effect. Right, but and... you can have you can have as it never says how many you're limited by how many um, ongoing effects you can have. Um, the highest that it can be is plus three to your difficulties. Um, so if a mage wanted to kind of go crazy and not care about casting, you know, it, do, it does all of its casting through rituals and bringing down the difficulty and all these other ways that you can do it can get extremely high on the amount of active. Um, spells that he can have on him no i feel like uh there was a like it's limited by your ret isn't it no not the, how many spells you can have active is no yeah, like an active how, spell. how much you can lower the difficulty yes but how many active spells you can have just every two spells active gives a plus one to the difficulty oh i see what you're saying so uh, every time you have an active spell on you that's like kind of in perpetuity, it increases the difficulty of your uh, magic rolls or your ret rolls in the future. Right. Oh, okay. And I guess I've never actually uh, I've never known about that rule. 
yes, and learning. That's that's a huge one, and that's one that most of my players never use, is to have active... Now, a technocrat is actually it's a lot easier for you to imagine what these things are. You already have some active things on your characters that are active um, spells. So, um, your force field that you have around you. Um, when you have that force field around you, that's an active spell. That's a that's a gadget that you guys are using, not a wonder. Oh, so you're saying it's coming from our magic? It's a gadget. It's it's. So if you have twenty, if you have all of these pins, okay. So let's take it from a uh, tradition point of view, real quick, maybe to help you. Um, but so if I wanted to have my pin that protects me from magic missile and my my scepter that does lightning bolt and my um, or, the, or, well, I guess the scepter that does lightning bolt be a little bit different because it's only when you're activating it. But my my armor that does like a, has a magical field around me that protects me and stuff like that. All of even if it's items, you know, in, unless it's all the way to a wonder. A wonder has its own arete and does its own magic. All gadgets and or uh, trinkets, as they call them, are are coming from you or are considered an active effect to a certain degree a, a brooch of you know magic missile uh, or what what is that called brooch of defection or i can't remember what the one is in dungeons and dragons but in any yeah, the one that absorbs magic missile right you in order to have that active if it's quote unquote an active spell on you you're that's an active uh Thing that you that gives plus one to your difficulty when you have two of them active or more you know two four six eight gives plus one plus two plus three plus four yeah okay so let, let's go back to john wick and let's consider this effect he's got a correspondence two entropy one mind one effect always going that gives him what mechanical effect because uh, the way I described it was he constantly knows where all of his enemies are. Uh, anybody intending him harm. Uh, so, I mean, by that yeah. kind of logic, the mechanics of it would also depend on how many successes that you build up. I mean, one of the things about Mage is that you you have an intent that you're trying to do. You need to state that intent. Then you need to state how are you doing that. What's What's the... Um, mechanical or the the physical spiritual thing that you're doing in order to accomplish your task um, which can be all the way from I'm just doing it because I'm I'm a mage and I just can do anything um, which well, yeah um, is technically possible I'm just willing basically you're just saying I will it into the universe um, yeah, you're, all the way down to the fabric you know I have a you know I have a a ritual where I have to, you know, dance and sing and, and there's got to be a pot of gold and da-da-da-da-da, you know, um, in order to accomplish these tasks. Um, so what is John Wick doing in order to do this? Um, I would say that he's always, you know, his it's his training and stuff like that, that, you know, his workouts and his um, training that he'd probably possibly oh. even created this spell a long time ago. Um, okay, I, I wasn't asking how he was doing it, but I like that question, and I agree it's probably very akin to uh, Akashic Brotherhood, where it's like martial arts, where he's, like, 
he has to renew the energy of the spell through you know meditation uh you know training or or simulations uh like he has to go to a firing range he has to you know stand in the middle of a crowd and like think about shit in order to redo this spell but the the question i have is how does the spell mechanically work when he's in combat well that's like, but the reason why i ask so the thing is is that you're missing here is that how you do something is extremely important is into how it mechanically is translated like like okay. i said if you're just doing willpower that's completely different than being in an akashic brotherhood mind state of having to do all these things because one is doing it beforehand and one is doing it johnny on the spot um and it's just you know i i have a will around me that just protects me from this stuff um would be yeah. a, a lot different than you know the i have this a, acute training that i have that sends off these things so my way of doing it would be there's a couple different ways that you can kind of go about this and there's there's hard mechanics that you can do that just say if you get to a certain amount of successes you're no longer jumpable like you're you always have um you're not able to uh surprise rounds don't work on you basically that when when a niche happens you always are involved inside of the pool of a niche whereas surprise rounds you normally wouldn't be involved in that pool of a niche um, okay you could give increases to that pool of a niche as well um because there's um you know the problem uh, so one of the things that's kind of works out here though is that even if you lose a niche in in the world of darkness you can still dodge so as long as you can't be surprised, that stops the bullet shooting you in the head. So even at a long distance, you're 40 miles away and you shoot, this spell would make it so as soon as the bullet gets to a point where it's going, where you have the chance to dodge it, you're going to sense that it's coming and feel that it's coming, so you get to do spider sense dodge. And you get to take your dodge roll. Now, that doesn't stop you from getting shot. That just stops you from not getting surprised uh, you still have to take the dodge roll which by being miles away and stuff like that unless you're in the middle of an open field and there's nothing for you to dodge behind you can usually probably get a diff three on your dodge to just get behind something or or just get out of the way well of something coming at you right i mean and that's the other thing too the more distance it is of, depending on is. how you well, do, I mean, mechanically, the mechanics of dodge. If you under, I don't know if you've ever looked up the rules regarding dodge, but there are rules well, regarding dodge, what just, dodge. Dodge it, removes successes from the attack roll. Yes, but that's not the mechanics. What I'm talking about is the mechanics of dodge, which is what is the difficulty of dodge based upon whether you are in an open field or you have something that is easy for you to dodge behind. It, it varies on difficulty. Dodge can be all the way from difficulty nine to difficulty like three. Okay, so if you were building John Wick, how would you mechanically give him, like, a better chance at dodging? Like, lower difficulty, or, uh, you know, two, like, five free successes on every single dodge roll? How would you do it? 
Um, so I would probably, you know, the more that I'm getting getting into Mage, the the more that I've been sliding away from creating my own house rules on stuff and just kind of sticking to with what they what they have, um, which is kind of simple and easy. Uh, one of the things being um, lowering of difficulty. That's yeah. like added successes is not really well built in to the system of you you do this and you just get added damage um usually mage is very much the um either it lowers the difficulty or it does something very specific um and so it, it there isn't a, a lot of play in the areas of the um I don't know. Anyways, um, I, I would say that, you know, mechanically, I would probably just give him the basis of lowering the difficulty on dodge rolls. Okay. Uh, would you give him a pool of, of dice? Or, uh, like, a pool of, like, like, he's got ten at the beginning of, of every combat, and he can choose to lower the difficulty on dodge? Or, um, or is it just like? I would probably say it's part of the active effects that he would have going, um, and therefore it's just a, a, as soon as you do your thing, you would get you could uh, using the mechanical system of mage, you could you would have to do the rituals first. Um, so he's doing all this working out and stuff like that in order to. to yeah. Uh, meditating and stuff so that's when he's he's making his rolls to see how many successes he gets and he would just get a lower difficulty for a specific period of time on all dodge rolls or all melee rolls or all uh, firearm rolls and stuff like that um, which can make mages ridiculously dangerous without actually looking very magical at all like the reason why John Wick probably is an expert martial artist beyond any expert martial artist is because instead of rolling at difficulty of six on all of his rolls, he's probably rolling at difficulty three, which just that, makes that's him what I was gonna ridiculous. Say. Like um, one one of the the phrases that exists in uh, pretty much all World of Darkness. Um, actually, is it World of Darkness, or am I thinking of? Uh, no, it is World of Darkness. Uh, the effect lasts for a scene. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I've watched John Wick. The entire movie is one scene. Well, kind of. <laughs> uh, but, like, if he's got this, like, massive pool of dodge reduction that can last for an entire scene, he can just be like, I am going to reduce all dodge rolls by five for this entire scene. And nothing can hit him. Yes. Well, um, and, and it, the thing plus, is to say, he might have that. It might not be something that he just needs to activate. He does his rituals, and because one of the ways that you can do it is you can set aside successes in order to extend how long it is. You can say a scene, but you could, he could also just say in the beginning of the day, "I'm going to have this for a year." That you know, there. Well. Oh yeah. I mean, depending. I think that that's a lot of successes to get up to a year i think not that many but you'd have it gets more and more but he probably you know does this ritual every day or every week and it gets him well, a lower difficulty for that entire time like he's just always he's yeah. a walking well, machine that just decimates you, you could people. almost uh you could almost argue that in the first movie they explain his backstory as being this guy who like came up 
as kind of like this uh, yeah, operator for uh, shady organizations. He knows about the Assassin's Guild and all this stuff. Um, you could almost argue that his backstory is a justification for a lifetime of his dodge difficulty is three forever. And the amount of dice that he rolls for dodge is probably ten. Right, because he's got every decks of five game. and, and deck athletics of five, of five. So and athletics of five. That and that's just it. And it's a difficulty three forever. Yep. No, exactly. And that's and it's just it, because he did that. Right, because he did a ritual at one point that did that. And you know, and and that's how you can you can see how th- he's not way. really using magic. He's just he's using spheres and this is how you can easily start translating concepts of like how do you change this for everything and you can do that for like spider-man um where it um but we we were kind of getting into deeper i think we should probably do another episode on this um since we're already a little over an hour into the game or into the uh show well actually uh how about okay Let's uh, let's stop the podcast here. Let's take a break, uh, and then we'll come back. And uh, Twitch subscribers only will well, be able to hear the rest of our discussion about John Wick Twitch and how you create Twitch people. <laughs> they don't need Twitch to subscribe. People on Twitch, not subscribers. <laughs> but please subscribe. Apparently, you should all subscribe. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's Nobody, watching. I mean, nobody's watching. Nobody's, nobody's watching now. But you know, um, that's okay because they watch. They they listen to us on our podcast. All all eight people that, that download it. Um, but yeah, in any case, um, I think it's a lot. Hey man, that's I. Hey, I'm surprised every time I see a download happen. I'm like, oh wow, somebody listened to us. So thank you all for listening. The, those who do comment, subscribe. Don't comment. Don't subscribe. Don't care. Love us. Hate us. Just keep on well, listening. Stop that's uh i mean um <laughs> uh, but thank you all so much for uh listening uh, we're definitely going to come back there mage and uh spheres uh magic is a huge topic that could probably we could probably spend yeah years so, talking about but we're going to try and condense it down to two episodes so we're going to leave and the people that download this podcast if you want to hear us uh argue about john wick and how to Make him and mage for another forty-five minutes to an hour. Go to Twitch.tv/slash/GoldenAgeGaming, which is G-U-L-D-A-N Age Game. Awesome. Well, yes, uh, that will be. We're saving that on here, so we'll probably create a, a special Twitch, highlight Twitch for that. Only. So, uh, yep, it's only going to be on Twitch. We won't put it on the podcast uh, site because. I'm- not going to do more work for that but uh but yeah we're going to go ahead and end this stream here and then we're going to start oh, wait, back up we gotta we gotta come up with a way to sign off uh okay i'm a little drunk so it's uh it's a little easier to talk <laughs> shit uh we'll come up with a sign off later but uh yeah we'll figure it out we'll figure it out maybe that's our sign out we'll figure it out all right have a good one everyone <laughs>